Hey, Karen, I've been thinking about Just Right Reader. Oh my gosh, tell me why. I just... Tell me why. (laughs) Ain't nothing but... I just um, realized that they have sent out like over 1.7 million books. That is close to to 2 million. Yeah, almost 2 million. (laughs) Yes, good rounding. But almost 2 million books to kids all across the country. That's amazing. Like, it really is. And books that kids can read. That they can actually read because there is a really strict scope and sequence in terms of um, a continuum of phonics skills so kids aren't getting books that are too hard for them. And I think we've talked about one of our favorite things is the representation and the interest level. Absolutely. And I was actually thinking about Just the Right Reader this week when I was driving in my car because that's normal. Mm -hmm. Just to be thinking about decrypable text. And Just the Right Reader. But I was thinking about how my daughter has built her reading stamina independently with these books in a way that other decodables wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Like, when she's reading these books independently, which she can, because I pick the books that are on her continuum level, but they have so much text on each page that it's taking her 10 minutes to get through a book. And I even remember as a teacher, I would give these easier leveled readers, and the kids would just... Oh, yeah. They would, like, fly through them. Because they were one line on each page. Yeah. So I, I think that that cannot be underestimated if you're a principal, if you're a teacher leader. You, you want all of your readers to build their reading stamina. Yep. And this you, is great. Yeah. And not to mention, again, the... You just burped. I just burped. <laughs> <laughs> but not to mention, the the content is so, so good. It's super relevant to kids. Yes. And I'm just not sure you can find a better product. So if you're looking for decodable text to supplement, honestly... Any reading and phonics curriculum. It can supplement. It can actually be if you don't have one. It has a scope and sequence. Like, guys, we can't overemphasize. It's really, really important work that Sarah and her team over at Just Right Reader have done. So please go to justrightreader.com and check them out. Tell them that the Modern Principal sent you. Goodbye. And hello. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why Karen said goodbye on our ad, but it's actually hello. We are right here back just a few seconds later. (laughs) Here we are. Wait, we didn't record our intro. Do you have to go back now? Dang it. Pause. Hi, this is Christine. In a few moments, you'll meet Karen, and we are The Modern Principal. We're enthusiastic educators with over 30 years of combined experience and leadership roles. We've been teachers, coaches, assistant principals, head principals, and even central office, and we are on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to steer the next generation of leaders in education. We try to keep our pod short, sweet, and simple, right to the point, a bite-sized bit of PD you can tackle on your way to or from work each week. This week on the pod, we are talking about attendance and maybe how it's changed since COVID. Okay, now we're back for real. We decided to record something else, guys. (laughs) I will also say I'm really working on not having my voice be loud. I listened to our pod yesterday and I had to turn it down in my car. I'm sure sure there's a way for me to like auto control that. I wish we had an editor who knew what she was doing. Well, if you can find a free one. (laughs) JK, I'm not going to do it. And I think she does a great job. Clap, clap for her. Before we started recording, we were talking about when Karen became bougie. Because you... <laughs> yes. Okay. Backstory on this. So this... Last weekend, my husband booked a hotel for us, and he was in charge of it. And I did not micromanage. But he kept saying... So we were in Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. I think you need to clarify that Manhattan, not New York. Kansas. Kansas. And he kept saying, Karen, this hotel is going to be... A little lower quality than you're used to. And, like, let's remind everyone, I, my parents 
We had something called goops when we traveled, which that? literally was sandwiches that was sitting in your car for so long they were goopy <laughs> because my dad would not take us even to a McDonald's drive through I had to pretend to be on the children's menu until I was 15 years old because my dad did not want to spend more money. So I am not bougie. I think we've shared this story like way early on our pod how your dad kept the same McDonald's refill cup for oh, like yes. 30 Still years. Oh, yes. Still has it. <laughs> He had the Dream Team one from 1992 Olympics in 2014, but a McDonald's worker took it from him, finally. <laughs> so anyways, yes, I am not, I did not grow up in any sort of fancy hotel <laughs> life. Let's be real. But anyways, since I have become working, a working adult, I have now decided I do not need to scrimp on my sleep. <laughs> and I'm fine with the room being whatever, but like when I get in bed and I'm not confident about the cleanliness of those sheets. That's. That's not okay. Well, I'm mostly just convinced I have bed bugs. <laughs> so, anyways, we were at this hotel, and he tells me it's... And it was a motel. Okay, he tells me it was the best Western. Guys, it was the Great Western Inn. <laughs> it was not a best Western. <laughs> Definitely not even three stars. And, like... You're looking at two and one. No, there. and I felt like... I had my our daughter was with us, and so I had to put on this face like this was the best thing ever, mm-hmm. and super and she super okay. loved it. She of was course. like, "Oh my gosh, mom, look at all the brown in the shower!" And I was like, "Isn't that great? <laughs> We're just gonna close that shade." Then she's like, "Ooh, look, there's hooks to hang things on." And I'm like, "I don't know who put those there." Anyways, I don't know what was happening, but you stayed. We stayed. So when Chrissy says when Karen was bougie, I need to classify no, that it's, with it's what. We were talking about my daughters have always wanted to go to Malibu because of Barbie. And so yes. we were, like, maybe looking at going on a trip there. Yes. And, and I... that's where you said, that's where you it is decided I, you were going to be bougie. Yes. When you visited in college. Because I saw a glass fence <laughs> and thought to myself, this is a real thing. They have to pay someone to clean that. Oh, yeah. On a daily basis. Daily? I, I mean, mean... how would you not? And what if, like... Birds fly into it. These were all the things I thought about. How many, and you can't replace just like a panel. How many McDonald's Dream Team cups would this take to get this glass fence? 75 million. <laughs> so anyways, I was like, I want that life. So then I chose public education. Mm-hmm. And so now you're living the bougie life. I'm going to the Great Western Inn. It was fine. We survived. And I'm a great high maintenance person who can be low maintenance sometimes mm-hmm. aren't mm-hmm. i yeah you really you really really are there's you have it takes some coaxing we had bets on which of our my husband and i had bets on which of our friends would say absolutely not and walk out we betted you would say absolutely not you think me i feel like i'm pretty chill it was in like, when we went to new york i did did you notice i got ready the whole entire time on my little bottom <laughs> bunk while you and <laughs> Kelsey took up the we whole room. We had actual rooms. And, and I was Christy- like, I'll just sit here on my bottom bunk and I'll I'll do my entire getting She couldn't ready. even sit up straight, but she was putting her clothes on. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. 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 Okay. Anyway. So we have a scenario this week. You're doing great about letting, like, witty banter just happen. I am. I'm really trying to, like, lean into my... Non-agenda side. agenda. Mm-hmm. I know. I saw some old colleagues lately and they said I was glowing. Mm-hmm. You are. <laughs> You are. So anyway, we have a scenario. I think it's a Charlotte Tilbury. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of face care. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. <laughs> so our scenario this week is... It's know, about attendance. Yeah, but you also, I noticed, did not put an alliteration for oh. the who and what. But I'll think of one. Don't you worry. No, okay. no, no. I'm going to do it off the spot. Okay. 
So, so attendance. Go, girl. Like, what do we do now that the pandemic has hit and kids are out all the time for quarantine and illness and exposure? Do we do incentives? What else? How do we move forward monitoring attendance while we know we are held accountable for positive attendance by the states, but also, like, parents are super comfortable with our alternative modes of education, like going virtual for a few days. This is Sorry, guys. This isn't, like, super coherent because this is how people write us. <laughs> These are our DMs, bro. <laughs> This is so how it essentially, is. what does attendance look like now that we've been through a pandemic? Where kids learned at home, they learned at school. Yeah. and um, So wait, who sent us this? It was attendance tracker in Anaheim. Oh my gosh, I had... No. No? Attendance in Atlanta. Oh, it was like super close. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So we're going to be talking about attendance today. And can I just say it out loud? Like, I have a love-hate relationship with attendance. I think mine is hate, hate. I know it's important. Like, obviously, there's a lot of data that shows, like, if you're freaking present, you do better. Obviously. However, I will be really honest. This is a confession I did not write on our agenda. Before I became a 12-month employee, I understood, I did not understand pulling your kids out for vacation. Now that I'm a 12-month employee that does not have the month of July off, you I've already scheduled several days that my kid's going to miss school. And, and I value education. So I, it's not that I don't, but I also know I value the experiences I can provide to her on these vacations. Yeah. I've never been someone that would, like, be mad if parents took their kids out for a vacation. Like, honestly, my kids have not had the best attendance. Uh, I mean, it's always been, like, above 90%, which is what kind of our goal is. Do you think now that you don't work there, you're going to get attendance letters? I don't know. I might. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll see. That was kind of a big thing. My first year as principal, like I, I try in my job, I try to do things by the book. Yes. Um, like if central office like puts out a procedure, like I was the principal who was yes. like, I'm going to follow it because. And was, I was not always that principal. I was because I wanted to make sure that if yes. there was a question or somebody was mad, that you know, my boss was going to have my back because I'd really followed it. And I remember like sending out attendance letters my first year as principal the very first time and literally had a parent who actually found the attendance letter. Um, like we have like an outgoing mail basket, saw theirs on top and like ripped it up and threw it after they read it because the school before me had never sent um, attendance letters to parents who were like deemed quote unquote, like responsible, the helper parents, Mm -hmm. the ones that are running PTO or blah, blah, blah. And like, to me, again, I don't actually like care that you are taking your kid out to go to Disney world or wherever, but like, I'm still going to follow our procedure. Right. Attendance is tricky. There's a lot of sides. It is. There's a lot of sides to it. Um, and do I love attendance letters? Not necessarily. And so then, but after that, like, I learned that I needed to write a little buffer note on all the attendance letters. Yes. I always buffer mine. This is just informative. This is just an informational, you know, it's a pre-arranged, not pre-arranged, but, like, Uh (laughs) auto-generated letter. um, Because I didn't want people to be upset. But at the same time, like, my district has decided this is an important procedure, so I do it. Well... And there is something to be said about attendance. Like there is a lot of research that says the more kids, the more kids are in school, the more socially adapted yeah. they are, the more academically um, likely they are to achieve, the more likely they are to graduate. So there Absolutely. is a lot like, of validity. It's important. Like our system is set up that you succeed if you're there. Yeah, that's for how sure. a, that's how public education works. And I think what threw it to like the crazy world was that. 
we figured out how to do attendance when you're not there. Mm-hmm. And we figured out how to do school when you're not there. And then now I think post-pandemic parents are like, but oh, you but you could do my kid at home for three months. Is it really that important that they're there? Right. So I found a lot of scholar on that. Tell me more. Well, it was an Ed Week article that really got me. It peaked. It peaked my interest. Peaked. Is that how you say it? Like to add emphasis. Mm-hmm, that's how you do, do it. Do you know when you were like in um, school and they taught onomatopoeia? That was like my favorite oh. lesson in elementary school. Obviously, mine was alliteration. <laughs> Duh, it carried over to your adult life. <laughs> but like you'd you'd write the you'd say the word, but then you could also write it how it looked. Uh-huh, Whenever uh-huh. I read the word peaked or say it, I see it like a mountain. That's a, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That's precious. Peaked. Okay, moving on. Um, so one of the things that it talked about was that to truly engage, I liked this quote, to truly engage students after two years of unprecedented disruption, schools need to look beyond perfect attendance awards and consider broader efforts that address barriers to school attendance. Can we get a slow clap? So we're no longer focusing on that you're there. We're focusing on let's remove the things that are keeping you from coming. Yes. So, so one, I feel like this is a really profound podcast. Uh-huh. People better it's be It's going to go downhill. This. We hit the peak, and now we're going to go <laughs> back down the other way. Okay. So one of the things that talked about was, like, in the past, we've always emphasized learning loss. When your kid's not here, they're missing. They're missing reading. They're missing tutoring. They're right. missing blah. Parents don't buy that anymore because of the pandemic. They miss so much learning because of the pandemic. Right. And their kids were, like, in their eyes still fine. Right. Um, so this is an interesting fact. This was shocking. Right. Before the pandemic, one in seven were chronically absent. So what is that? One seventh. I don't know what percentage that is. That was excellent. (laughs) One out of seven. I guess I'm correctly. I still don't know. So before pandemic, one in seven were chronically absent. One in seven were chronically absent. Now it's three to four out of seven. Like that's wild. And sometimes in schools that have over 90% of their kids on free and reduced lunch, it's close to five to six that's, out of seven. That's wild. So we have to start, what this article from Ed Week talks about is to start with your messaging. So for younger kids to connect, like really tailor it to the age of kids that you serve. So for younger kids, confidence, social friendships. For high school, focus on graduation credits. It's not about learning loss. It's more about these things that they need to be citizens, to be humans, blah. Right. But it also talked about beyond that, Focusing on inclusivity, because we know when kids belong and are engaged, they're going to want to be at school. Absolutely. So I loved this, and I never even heard of this, but there's a lot of programs out there that tailor to something called inclusive recess. You can even buy programs about it. This is something that we've talked about, like, in some of my old buildings about how can we make recess like a little bit more inclusive. Like it's so hard because you want to you want to balance, but you want free play. You do, but like, you also want to make like sure. Like some of our kids don't know how to play to play with others. Yeah, right. So it's a hard balance. So inclusive recess is where you actually like. There's people that teach games, that teach activities, that teach the classic playground games like mm-hmm. kickball or Red Rover or whatever, um, and that focus on all kids being involved in yes. that activity. And there's still some free play involved, but that's a portion of recess. So I liked that. If you haven't ever heard of inclusive recess, Google it. But then it also said focusing on those slump weeks, like spring break is brutal. So like for the high schoolers, why do you laugh like that? Well, I was just thinking about how, like, it's too if districts change their schedule. Like, we've had times where snow day, you know, you've had to take snow days from, like, the day. Yes. The first day of spring break or something like that. Like, I can't 
imagine what that does to attendance. Right. <laughs> Our superintendent used to say that to every day that we went after Memorial Day, and I might not be getting the numbers the exact correctness, but every day after Memorial Day that we went, 20% of our attendance would drop up every day after Memorial Day. Wow. And I think it's important, like, when we say focus on the slump weeks, we don't mean, like, threaten parents that kids have to be there. We mean create school-wide events, activities that motivate kids to want to be there. Yes, yes. Create things like that. Because kids are really important, even elementary, when obviously the parent is really the determinant of whether the kid gets there or not. But I think kids still really matter. If the kid is, like, up and, like, Mom, I want to go to school. Right. The parent will get them to school. Right. A lot of the time. Right. So that's my scholar. That was good. Thank you. That was really good. It was one article. Google it, guys. And it had a lot. We'll have to try to put it in our um, Do you know how to do those now? Yeah, but I need you to link the article in here. Okay, got it. No, I think, too, in talking about those systems... Um, I think it's time to reevaluate some of them for one. What? <laughs> um, and really thinking like maybe you need to have a team, maybe it's your, you know, culture team, maybe it's even an ad hoc attendance team where it's not meant to be a permanent team, but you are going to have a temporary attendance team to like help redefine what does good attendance mean at your school and what's going to be our process for monitoring and incentivizing it. Because, um, I do think things have changed. I think people have reconsidered being at school every single day in the perfect attendance awards. Like it almost seems it perfect attendance always seemed icky to me. Yeah. Like why do we want people coming to school when they're sick? We don't. Right. And I mean, it's real. Yeah. There are illnesses. COVID yeah. is real. And so it always made me feel uncomfortable that we did that. Right. Because I don't want you coming and like spreading your germs to everybody and getting everybody else sick. Right. <laughs> and I, I know that I had attendance teams in place always, but I don't know if I was, very intentional about who I targeted from the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. Yeah, I heard about a really, like, a good plan from one school where they were looking at last year's attendance numbers. And so they um, they looked at all the kids who were between kind of like, and you could decide this based on your own district or your own school, of kids who are between, like, 82 and 89% attendance because in Missouri that 90% is really important. And so right off the bat, if that's where you fell last year, you were on like kind of an attendance plan contacting parents. Yep. Um, and not like a plan like we're going to make you have whatever, but just more like a let's set a goal together, yes. like a collaborative conversation. I think sometimes parents don't necessarily realize that when we're talking about 90% attendance, that if you're not hitting that, that means you're missing like more than 20 days a year. Right. Which is like a month. I always made it really important when I was sending out information to parents to break it down by days. Yeah. As well as hours. Because Mm -hmm. let's say your kid's showing up an hour late every day. What does that actually mean? Right. I think it's also really important. We do really good about making two-way communication with parents about a lot of things. But not attendance. But not attendance. We don't ever ask like, hey... What happened last year? Talk to me yeah. about it. Was it a family vacation? I understand that. Like, we have to be humans with yeah. our parents and yeah. say, like, we get it. Things are awful. Like, my kid just had croup. For, she had to miss six days of school. And so now she's, like, at, what, 50% attendance for the year no, right now? school <laughs> hadn't started, so it was her preschool. Oh, good, 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 good. But that was a big stress on my husband and I as working yeah, parents. So it's absolutely. not like parents are enjoying the fact that their kids are home this much. So we just need to – wait, that sounded bad. Parents do enjoy when their children are home. But I meant it's not like they're actively saying we don't want them to to be at school. Right. 
Um, a couple of things that we tried that worked really well, um, we did what we called an attendance blitz. And so part of the way that the attendance blitz actually works, though, is that you have to have someone in charge of collecting data on attendance super early every single day. And so mm -hmm. for me, that was like my attendance clerk um, or a school social worker, perhaps. And like literally half hour after school starts, they're looking at attendance, seeing who's not there. And they're making sure that those attendance calls are going out. ASAP. And we got as many people involved as the calls as possible so they could be as fast. And that was trying to catch all the folks who maybe were like, oh, we're just not feeling it today. Again, we're not trying to get people sick, you know, to come to school who are sick or whatever. We're trying to get those people who are like chronic, chronic, maybe on the edge of I could go to school, but I decided not to. Right. <laughs> we and had that really helped to do our little blitz. Yes. We had a few things similar to that. One of ours was like an attendance group where she would, our counselor would meet with them every morning and they would do like a quick mini lesson, but also they filled out a chart and she had breakfast for them if they made it all yeah. five days or whatever. Yeah. But, um, they would do conversations about how to set an alarm. Mm -hmm. Do you have a phone? Make sure it's charging and your alarm set. What do you do if you wake up late and the bus has already passed? Right. She would give them the school's number. They would call us. We, we would, would go get them. Yeah. Like those kind of steps. She would actually print like little laminated cards that were like, call right. here. Because whether you're 6 or 16, if you miss the bus and nobody's told you what to do if you miss the bus and there's no parent there or right. whatever... Or, um, like, your parents you will know? sleep or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yes. So that's super important. Em em empower your kids to do that. Absolutely. All right. What about the soul side? We're talking a lot. We got to go. Gosh, and we haven't even had dinner. So, we got to go eat dinner. Just so talkative. So chatty. Um, I think that in terms of the soul side, obviously, I think we need to move away from the perfection in terms of attendance. I think we need to move away from that for teachers, for students, probably for everybody in general. Um, but I think the biggest thing is to develop like true relationships with parents and kids and like figure out what's going on. I often, like, there's often kids that struggle to get to school or get out of the car. Yes. <laughs> like, the car rider line. So there were many a times that we would just have to really encourage parents to trust us. And mm -hmm. I was talking to a teacher the other day, and she told me this story about um, this summer, the kindergartner never wanted to get out of the car mm -hmm. and would cry and scream, and the teacher would come out and hold her. And what was really ironic is recently the kid had to leave early. Mm -hmm. And so... She thought, the teacher's like, oh, she'll be so excited. She loves mom, blah, blah, blah. And so she walks her out to her car and, um, cause they were at specials, whatever. So she got her and walked her out to her mom and then she starts screaming and wanting to stay, she wanted at, school. To stay at school. And I thought it was so profound That's... what the teacher told me. She was like, she, she was like, she looked the mom in the eye and she was like, you trusted me to take her from you this summer. I know, because the mom was like, oh my gosh, I promise I'm a good mom. She loves home, whatever. So the teacher was like, I trust that this is. I know you're a good mom. We're, we both, <laughs> right. We have to trust each other. We have we a We have to trust each yeah. other, and that's what it comes down to is that. Hmm. And when there's a problem, I talk to parents about this all the time, that we encourage you if there is a problem, come in with your kid and talk to us. Yeah. Don't just keep them at home. Because oftentimes people keep their kids at home when there's. Yeah, the something kids happening, that like bullying, or, or someone's being like mean the, to them, or the, like teacher. the teacher. Yeah, bring them in. Let's problem solve. Work together. Absolutely. I think on that note, it's time to go. Have we been talking too long? No, I just think that that's a really nice note of like trusting each other. Trust Let's, each other. Yeah, bring them in. Um, I do have a little story, but I'm gonna put it on Instagram and make everybody check our Instagram. Oh, nice! I, I think that worked the best in my whole career. Nice. I do think. Bernie Bernie. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it does help. I do think that there's something to be said about the um, agenda because I feel like we were all over the place tonight. Yeah. So maybe your you guys will have to let us know. We need to get Did you some like feedback. This, like, do you like it when we're free, all over? Where we're just like randomly tangenting about stories. Or do you want us to stay? And now it is time for system. <laughs> what do you guys like? Okay, we got to go eat dinner. All right. That's all for today. Thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Receive them as soon as they drop. Follow us on that Instagram at The Modern Principle. You can find more at themodernprinciple.com. And be sure to check out Just Right Reader and tell them that The Modern Principle sent you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.